All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast here on a Thursday morning, June 16th, as we inch closer to the College World Series. We're getting there. We're getting there. Hope you're having a good morning wherever you are. This is also part of the 247 Sports Network and inside the Rebels couple of things here obviously lots of college world series talk uh we got to dive into that we're two days away from this bad boy now two days away and we will uh, we'll see Ole Miss in the college world series I was feeling good about it now I'm a little nervous I just saw something I'm a little nervous about it we'll get to that here in just a second uh several things we have to get to today we'll spend 15 minutes on we'll conform me some news on him out there four-star offensive uh, offensive tackle out of uh, Alabama. We'll get to that, not just Alabama, out of Tuscaloosa in uh, the University of Alabama's backyard. So we'll talk about him. Jaden Rashada decision is upcoming. I believe that's this weekend. We'll see what happens there. Uh, so Tim Elko news that we can also knock out. It's just some general recruiting stuff. But uh, the College World Series right around the corner. We're two days away from seeing what happens with Ole Miss and Auburn. And this may be the kiss of death. Now, I can't say that. I shouldn't say this. When you say that you're starting to feel good about something, isn't that like always the absolute kiss of death? Like, you know, this is going the wrong direction. And maybe that's like the the pessim, not maybe, that is the pessimistic way of looking at this whether I'm talking Ole Miss or I'm a fan of some other teams. I'm a fan of the Mets. We're perennial, never-get-it-done team people. Fan of the Celtics. You know, we won a lot. Hasn't Haven't won a lot in the last 30 years. I'm a fan of the Saints. Don't need to explain that one any further than that. Plenty of reason to be pessimistic there. And then with, uh, with my Rebels, you know, um, I mean, you know the story there. 46 years old. I've seen a lot. Seen a lot. Said, yeah, it feels like whenever you start feeling optimistic, like, hey, good feeling about this, bam, something bad happens. But I was starting to feel good about it, and I am. I'm looking at this story from Jared Redding, um, our own Jared Redding. Jared's a good dude, too, by the way. If y'all don't know that, just telling that on the board. Like, Jared is an awesome guy. Very fortunate to have him with a 247 Sports, and he's done a great job right out of the gate covering baseball. I mean, he is right out of the gate with this. And hit the ground running. He's done a great job. He'll be in Omaha covering the Rebels for us. And looking forward to that. But look, I'm looking at this story from Jared. And uh, this isn't going to be hard hitting. But he wrote a story about the blue Navy uniforms. Did not know this. Is there something about Ole Miss's Navy uniforms? And everybody's fully aware of superstition. I Like I'm in it. If you're sitting somewhere and things are going well, you don't move. You know, if you're on the couch, on the sofa, you're in your favorite seat. If you stand up, if you start eating something, you know what your shirt is. Are you wearing the lucky shirt? And uh, if things aren't going great, you got to rip that sucker off. I mean, I'm in on all of this. So Jared writes something about the Navy uniforms. Did not know this. In five postseason games and wins, Ole Miss had the Navy on four times. Even crazier, when wearing Navy, Ole Miss hasn't lost a game since April. Okay, and this is baseball where you lose a lot of games. You can't win them all. They have not lost a game since April in the Navy, right? 
And Jared goes on to say, because of that recent success we're in the Navy may not be out of the question to wonder if there's more than superstition involved. When asked about the matter, oh, I'm okay, I'm interested in this. After Sunday's regional win, Micah Bianco claimed it wasn't exactly by design. Let's see what Mike has to say here. It wasn't superstition. Um, Elliot, sitting to Bianco's left at the time, always wears Navy. Did not know that. It was Delucia who screwed it up this weekend. Thanks, Dylan. Appreciate that. Says it was actually on the itinerary for us to wear red Saturday. And as Delucia can do, he said, I think we'll just wear Navy. We wore Navy down here. Delucia wears red, but the home team selects. So against Arizona, they selected red. So we had to wear Navy. I got a little heat. Why aren't you wearing the powders? So I'm sure we'll wear the powders at some point and see what happens. Okay. All right. I, so I need to get in touch with Mike here. I, I feel like uh, I need to get in touch with him because I was already nervous about this. I'm looking on Twitter right now. I read the story from Jared about the all Navy. Haven't, haven't lost a game since April. Right. And then I'm looking at this video of the team arriving to Omaha and you want to guess what color they're wearing coming off the plane here. I'm seeing a team get off the plane wearing powder. I, I don't know if that's a great idea. Sorry about that. I don't know if that's a great idea. Look, they've got the powder uh, polo shirts. Okay, I have to believe either that's the only one. Maybe they have other colors. I mean, with the big money that the SEC's paying out, don't you have to have red powder and navy polos? I believe you do. If they do, we need to bust out the navies. Do y'all remember a time where in football wearing the navy was a big deal? Like we brought it back. Man, um, I'm I'm going to test my memory here. I cannot remember the coach. Was it Tub that brought back the Navy? And I just remember a huge game coming up and watching TV and seeing the team entrance, you know, right before they run on the field and they kind of come walking out of the tunnel wearing the Navy and uh, everybody's getting excited. And I know we've made the switch to powder for a lot of stuff, but there was a time when wearing the Navy was, it was a big deal. If the Navy's working, you got to go with the Navy. And not only in the uniforms, I'd wear Navy everything. Like bust out some Navy polos. Um, and look, if that's not enough to give you a good feeling, how about this? Carl Lafferty. I'm reading this story. See if I can find it here real quick. Carl Lafferty. Um, I can't think of the player that he had the thing with, though. Ben Van Cleef. When he first got to Ole Miss, he wore Crocs in the facility a lot. And he says Carl Lafferty voiced his opinion on it, told him he hated him. And uh, Van Cleve says he made a, a deal with him that if they got to Omaha, Lafferty would have to wear Crocs on the flight. And there's a picture here of uh, Ole Miss assistant coach Carl Lafferty rocking the Crocs, and not just Crocs. I do respect this about Carl. I don't know him. Uh, I know good things about him and people that know him. I'm looking at the Crocs here. This man didn't just go to Walmart or wherever you get your Crocs and go just single color here. No, like this is like a, this is a colorful brand of Crocs. I mean, whatever color, it's like somebody took all these colors and just like threw it at the shoes. 
Like he went all out. There's some green in there, some purple, some orange, some blue, some red, some white. He got he has a little bit of everything going on there. So maybe the Crocs bring him a little luck. I'm going to have to ask, though, that that powder polo that Carl's wearing, we're going to have to consider we're changing that to Navy. But look, there's some good mojo going on there. I hope in game one they're wearing these navies. If they haven't lost since April, you got to wear them. Uh, there's really not a whole lot else to get into. I'll have a little more in-depth stuff tomorrow on the College World Series and and getting ready for that game um, Saturday night. Will conform me, okay? Four-star offensive lineman out of Tuscaloosa. This is what it sounds like to me. David has him crystal ball to Ole Miss. I haven't crystal balled him anywhere, but I haven't crystal balled anything. I went over one on um, oh man, how am I drawing a blank on my picky and running back here on Dante Dowdell? I'm still holding out hope they can figure out something there and get him to switch, right? So I'm going to lock that in. I'm not going to change it. You can't change it anyway. So I got burned, and I'm, I'm going to have to reconsider the crystal ball thing a, a little bit. Sounds like with Formby, he's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, he'd like to go to Alabama. Um, they have guys ahead of him, and I'm just telling y'all how this works. And I have a, a kid here being recruited. Even when they like a school, if they, sometimes we forget this. As fans, you think kids owe a school a spot. You know, hey, that kid just be grateful that we're calling him. We, we all know that's not how the world works. If you're trying to get a job, one job makes you want to feel wanted. And the other one, you know that you're on down the line. And they treat you like that. I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter your feelings towards that job. You're going to go where you want it. That's just that's this how this works. And I've seen it with my kid. If he's felt like he was being given the runaround by somebody, or not calling him back, or not doing what they said, you know what I mean. Or obviously, just they're, I'm on the back burner here. They don't just say it. When you get that feeling, it just it changes you. It just does. It doesn't matter your feelings. Formby sounds like he's a, he's a Bama guy, but he knows he's down the list. And over over time, that I mean, it makes you mad. And uh, Ole Miss is in a really good shot with him. I don't know what Alabama's planning to do with him. Are they going to offer him a scholarship? Is it a deal where you're trying to get somebody on campus, but you're out of scholarships? But hey, here's an NIL. Have no idea what the going on is there. But it sounds like he's not feeling wanted with them. And Ole Miss is making him a priority. I like Ole Miss's chances here with a talented kid, 6'7", 295 pounds. You can do a lot with this. The Bama guys at the 247 site haven't talked to him, but I know that I, – I think I know. They haven't crystal balled him, but I saw on the board today someone mentioned that the 247 Bama guys still think he's going there. I um, haven't read it for myself. I, I have to either call somebody or look at it. I still think Ole Miss is in good shape here. Just like I said, there's something about being wanted somewhere. And if Ole Miss is able to pull in Formby, um, that, that would be another big one. That would be another big one. The Rashada news. This weekend, he'll be making his announcement. I am not feeling Ole Miss for him. That's just me. I haven't gone real in-depth on it because uh, there's not a whole lot of depth to get into there. This is somebody that's looking at everything out there, is making all his visits, looking at the NIL opportunities, and then he'll make a decision, right? I am in the same place I mentioned this yesterday. When these guys, on the high school guys in particular, when these guys are looking at the NIL, 
and they are huge priorities somewhere else, as he is being a five-star quarterback, the NIL opportunities for him are going to be enormous. Let me be honest here. This isn't going to be sour grapes on my end of it should Ole Miss not land him. I am not a big fan of throwing out incredible amounts of money to a high school kid. What if you signed one of these quarterbacks for a couple million dollars and he comes in and he's not anything like you thought he was? From a character standpoint, but more importantly, from a playing standpoint, what do you do then? Do you have to play? Do Does he make it a problem by not playing? Is he the issue? You know what I mean. It's just there's a lot going on to offer a high school kid that kind of money. So there's there's one element here where I think it's a better idea to do the budget thing on players and not go all out to that extent on the NIL, like some of these places. I'm, and look, it'd be great if there was just a bottomless pit of money to go get everybody, obviously. But I'm just saying under the circumstances here, there are drawbacks to huge NIL deals. And I am not just, I'm not one of these guys that just, that refuses to see the negatives that are part of it. If Ole Miss can't sign him, and get him on board and he goes somewhere else, they'll move on to somebody else. I would not be shocked if they move on, period. Marcel Reed's already committed, high school quarterback coming in. If they decided to sit back and, hey, let's just wait. We like what we have. And then next year, let's just see what's in the portal. Think of all the quarterbacks in the portal this year. You do not have to go out and get a stud high school quarterback. You don't. I'll equate this to baseball pitchers. And look, and again, I could use my kid as an example. Do you go out and get a high school kid, even though let's say he has a good arm, but he hasn't pitched at that level yet, but you have a, a guy over here from a Memphis, like state just brought in a pitcher of the year from that conference out of Memphis or fill in the blank division one name, somebody that's already established on this level pitched against sec teams, let's say in maybe some midweek games early in the year. And you know more about that kid. What direction do you go? If Ole Miss does not get Rashada in the boat, I think it is a good plan to just say, let's move on. We like what we have here in the room. We already have one. And let's just go see what's in the portal next year. Jackson Dart's still young. Luke Altmyer's young. You don't think you'll have both of them after this year. I don't. I mean, I would assume that somebody wins and somebody doesn't. But you know, preferably, it'd be great to keep both of them. But let's say even if you didn't, there were portal options this year, lots of them. And there will be plenty of options after this season. So I just the main thing, never reach. Don't go find somebody else just to find a warm body. Uh, the only other thing here, uh, congratulations to Tim Elko being named to the Rawlings first team all-region team. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Tim had a huge year, batted 302. Slugged over 600, drove in 71 runs, 71 runs. Like it's big time. Uh, but happy for Tim. He had a great senior year, and, and hopefully it's far from over. 22 bombs on the year. Man, that's awesome. 44 in his career. Hey, you guys have a great day. Always enjoy spending some time with you here on the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See you.